are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, February 1st. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're listening to today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It'll help me out tremendously. It only takes a quick click of the button, just a quick couple of seconds. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcasts, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all absolutely for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, good morning, everyone. And as always, Thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. Last night, the Chicago Blackhawks were back in action, taking on the Vancouver Canucks at the United Center, but not a whole lot of action actually going on from the home team in that one, leading to a 3-1 to loss last night to the Vancouver Canucks. And of course, on the show today, folks, I'll be going over a full recap of the Blackhawks' sixth loss now in their last seven games. I'll also go over the report that Marion Hossa, Eddie Olchek, and Patrick Sharp are all going to be a part of the hiring process for the Blackhawks' next general manager. And then to wrap things up today, uh, with a special episode coming out yesterday, as I was joined by Blackhawks insider Charlie Rumeliotis for a nice chat. If you haven't checked that out yet, uh, I don't know what you're doing. Go check that out. It was a very insightful conversation that I had with Charlie on yesterday's episode. Um, But to wrap things up here today, because there was no Mailbag Monday on yesterday's show, Today we'll have Talk Back Tuesday, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. But to kick things off today though, folks, gotta talk about that stinker of a performance the Blackhawks put up last night against the Canucks. And after having, you know, two days off over the weekend, back-to-back practice sessions, full amount of time necessary to prepare for this team in particular, There's no reason and no excuses for the performance the Blackhawks put up last night, especially in those first two periods, in my opinion. Don't get me wrong, the the entire game was pretty bad, uh, and arguably their worst overall effort on the season. Uh, But the first and second periods were, in my opinion, the ones where I was like, "What what are we even doing here? Is this hockey at this point? I mean, no offensive zone time for the Hawks. Uh, not very many puck battles won, no foot races won, they were definitely the slower team, uh, because of that, they weren't able to get any transition game going offensively, uh, and even when they did, once again, they were either too passive, I thought, or just couldn't really get off a strong shot on the goaltender, um, and just overall, yet again, the consistency of this team remains an absolute mystery to me. I have. No idea what team is going to come out of that dressing room and step onto the ice. Fortunately, thanks to Marc-Andre Fleury, um, we've been able to be a whole lot more competitive 
and stay in uh, a ton of games despite the effort not being the best. I can count on Flurry, but I never know how the team in front of him is ever going to play. Like against Colorado, they actually they actually go and put up a pair of really good fights. They come close there against the best team in the NHL right now. It's not even close. And then they go and talk about that good effort in their post game, you know. And while it is something to be proud of, you know, they still wound up losing those games. Same thing against Minnesota as well. I give them credit for their efforts there. Don't get me wrong. But to talk about those efforts and, you know, despite not coming out with a win, to be able to hold your head high because you put out a good fight, but to then, you know, go up against teams like the Seattle Kraken and the Vancouver Canucks and to show these massive regressions, that's what's so frustrating. And early on in Derrick King's tenure, the Hawks were finding ways to consistently beat these kinds of teams. They were beating the Canucks, the Montreal Canadiens, the Arizona Coyotes. But as of late, in this past month of January, you know, they've had a ton of key losses. And the way they're losing to the teams that we are, more importantly, or the teams that we should be beating, you know, both against Seattle and Vancouver recently, the Hawks were pretty much dominated in both of those games and weren't able to build off of their better efforts against the top teams in the league. So it's like a double whammy. And it's extremely frustrating, the lack of consistency uh, this team shows on a nightly basis. You literally never know. Um, But getting more into the game itself last night, the opening 20 minutes, I mean, (sighs) complete snoozer. I think the Hawks only had three shots on goal before a, a late power play opportunity in the final two or three minutes. They still only finished with six total in the first period. Um, and once again, Hawks weren't able to get the opening goal of the game. They've only done that six times in their last 15 games now. A uh, bad defensive zone turnover by Jake McCabe, who had quite the first period analytically, by the way, some of the worst numbers uh, I've ever seen in one period this year. Uh, he was the one who winds up coughing the puck over in the D zone and then kind of a quick bang-bang passing play by the Canucks results in Chase on opening the scoring to put Vancouver ahead one to nothing after 20 minutes. And then in the second, really not a whole lot changed there out of the gate. Those opening 10 to 15 minutes were pretty rough, which was certainly disappointing after, you know, uh, an opportunity to go into the locker room, regroup, and kind of come out with a little more uh, with their foot on the gas a little bit more and kind of wake up the fans. I mean, I saw multiple tweets from the beat writers that were there last night saying the fans just were not into this one. They were drunk. <laughs> and I don't blame them because the Blackhawks were putting up an absolute stinker in front of them. It was terrible. Um, and just a few minutes in, you know, the Canucks were just buzzing. I think was the, the biggest difference last night. Their speed all over the ice was a major issue for the Blackhawks. Not only trapping them in their own zone for so much time, but that also forced the Hawks into a lot of turnovers throughout the way. They weren't able to get the puck out of their own end clean and get things going in transition for uh, some of the top guys like Kane and Debrinkit. It felt like every time those two were on the ice, they were forced to spend it in the defensive zone because they couldn't get the puck out. They couldn't get anything going in transition. And even when they did get the puck, they dump it in and Vancouver would kind of skate out of the D zone, you know, with ease almost, it felt like. Like they weren't, the Hawks weren't winning any board battles really. Um, 
and and just Vancouver was just making it like look too easy. Like the Blackhawks weren't able to sustain any pressure at all. It was one and done each and every time. And then just a couple minutes into the second, um, another turnover committed by the Blackhawks in their own zone. This time, Brandon Hagel was the guilty party. And then Quinn Hughes and Brock Besser, what a beautiful play that was. Uh, a beautiful redirect by Besser to tip home the pass, short side pass Flurry That doubled the Canucks' lead early on in the second. Uh, thanks to Flurry, the Canucks weren't able to add on to that lead. It was still 2 to nothing after 40 minutes. Uh, and with the way the Hawks' offense had done literally nothing all game long up to that point, I believe they only had 14 shots on goal after the second period, being down 2 to nothing, that felt like an enormous mountain to climb going into the third. Um, and in that third period, we started to see a whole bunch of line juggling from Derek King, which some of the combos he went with, I didn't really understand there. Like, I do get things weren't going well at all with what we had, and um, it, it wasn't a bad idea to be changing things up. But to what he changed them up to kind of left me scratching my head a little bit. Like, it wasn't for very long. It was only for a couple of shifts. But in the crucial point of the game, down two to nothing, to have Henrik Borgstrom out there with Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrinkett, that didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I get Borgstrom's had a couple of okay games recently on the fourth line, particularly uh, that Saturday game against the Minnesota Wild where he had two goals. But. He's had his opportunities in the top six throughout the season, and he hasn't done even close to what Strom has recently. So I know it wasn't working out, but I don't know. That was just something that I didn't really understand. And some of the other combos, um, I just didn't really get. Um, I don't know. Didn't really end up mattering, though, because whatever Kinger threw on the ice wasn't really having much of an impact in this one. The Hawks did go on to add a late goal from Connor Murphy, actually, which was a nice passing play between uh, Doc dropping the puck to Kane and then Kane going cross-ice to find Murphy to cut the deficit to only one late in the game. But then a dreadful and completely unacceptable too-many-men penalty for the Hawks with 3.17 to go. That basically washed away all their chances of nodding this one up. Vancouver... Went on to add the late empty netter to make it a 3-1 to final at the UC. Just a massive stinker by the Blackhawks for their sixth loss now in their last seven games. All right, there is my recap of last night's loss to the Canucks. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to get into the report that Marion Hossa, Eddie Olchek, and Patrick Sharp are all going to be a part of the Blackhawks' hiring process for their next general manager. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. There may be less football being played now, but Bet Online still has way more odds and info for this playoff season with Super Bowl Sunday on the horizon. From game scores, totals, player performance props to where the next head coach is going to land, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all NFL betting here in 2022. And from basketball, football, the NHL, and boxing and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and in your favorite casino games. Bet online. 
where the game begins. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Moving on into segment two this afternoon, I also definitely wanted to be sure to get into an announcement made by the Blackhawks on Monday, which said that Marion Hosa, Eddie Olchek, and Patrick Sharp will be a part of an advisory committee that's going to help the Hawks in their search for the next general manager. I mean, wow, folks. This is actually massive news here, in my opinion, because... As I've talked about several times on the show now, we knew there was going to be an advisory committee that was going to help in this whole thing, along with Mike Ford of Sportsology, but I did not expect Rocky, Danny, and Jamie to be, you know, bringing along people like this to be a part of it, but I think it's absolutely 100% the right decision made here by the Blackhawks. Get the people who are in touch with the fan base and know the team better than anyone and have had all the success at the NHL level, every facet of the game. They've been there. They've done that. Both guys, all three of them, I should say, have really smart hockey minds. They're all sharp folks, which is funny. Patrick Sharp, haha, get it? Not intentional. But I think I speak for most Blackhawks fans here when I say I do trust Hosa, Edio, and Sharpie to help steer this team in the right direction, right? I don't think I'm alone when I say that. Like, I love the idea of getting their say in this matter. You know, for Hosa, obviously, being one of the best and also most underrated players of his time, um, but not here in Chicago, you know, if, if you were a fan of the Glory Day Blackhawks, then Marion Hosa was absolutely one of your favorites. And he's a guy who who never would have to buy a drink here again in Chicago for all the things he's done for the city. And then Sharpie, you know, probably same thing. Very well known around the city of Chicago. Obviously is a good hockey mind. Um, Found a bunch of success in the NHL at the highest levels too. A huge part of the Blackhawks has been in all those locker rooms with all the experience. He knows how to build smart teams. He's always been a smart guy. And then Eddie O. You know, there's a lot of people out there who actually wanted him to be the GM for the Blackhawks, uh, but with him being part of the committee here, you got to figure that probably rules him out of the running. Hire me, guys. I think that's the best choice. Imagine that. Um, but, you know, with his experience as well and being on the bench as both a player and a coach and just being around the game for so long, basically his entire life, right? Um, a very smart hockey mind as well. So for all three of those guys to actually have say in the matter here and to be a part of the decision-making, I think that's very smart by the Blackhawks and also a huge step in the right direction by this organization. Like, I'm so on board with this, and I feel like I'm not going to be the only one. I feel like this is how most folks out there are going to feel. And I'm curious to see uh, if any of these three are, are going to be helping the team out more going to going forward in our potentially could be stepping into a future role. Uh, We heard Hosa a couple of years back after he retired say he'd love to be a part of the organization someday. So maybe this is the start of a front office job for him in the future. Uh, And then Sharpie obviously has been doing a bunch of media stuff with NBC Sports recently, even 
in between the benches for last night's game against Vancouver. I actually thought that was a really good spot for Sharpie. You know, his sense of humor, along with his hockey knowledge, his wittiness, he fit right in with Pat and Eddie, and I would actually like to see a lot more of Sharpie there uh, going forward. Um, and then Eddie O, you know, speaks for himself. And who knows? You know, it sounds like he's not going to be in the GM running here for the Blackhawks, certainly. Um, but he's been someone that's been talked about around the league these past couple of years. And, you know, also I, I've seen maybe he could be in running in the running for a hockey job with the uh, hockey ops job with the Blackhawks going forward. Um, but there could be interest from other teams across the league as well. We, we've heard about Eddie O interviewing for a couple of jobs over the past few years, and he actually had multiple interviews with the New Jersey Devils for their GM spot recently. So um, a bunch of opportunities could be coming Eddie's way here, not just in Chicago, but as long as he's around, I love the idea of, you know, picking his brain and also just getting another set of eyes on the situation. And that's actually something that uh, Charlie Romeliotis and I that's what I should say Charlie Romeliotis talked to me about with Kyle Davidson. He's someone who likes to get other people's ideas on matters and isn't scared to be asking questions and seeking others' opinions on stuff. And I like that mindset that the Blackhawks have started to carry on as well right now with this GM search. So we'll see what happens here in the next couple of weeks or maybe even the next couple of days. There's actually a major town hall coming tomorrow at 6 p.m. Central Time. So who knows? Maybe the announcement could even be coming then. Um, but definitely glad to hear the Hawks added respected guys like Marion Hosa, Eddie Olchek, and Patrick Sharp to the process of selecting their next general manager. And I feel like I'm not going to be the only one who feels that way on this decision. All right, there are some thoughts on the Blackhawks' ongoing general manager search. Coming up in just a minute, it's time for Talk Back Tuesday, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online and do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to save both money and time while shopping for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even as much as 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. And the rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, from motor oil to tail lamps and even carpet, to also being able to choose the brands, specifications, and the prices you prefer. Best of all, those prices that you prefer at rockauto.com They're always reliably low and also the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you spend up to twice as much money and time for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you'll ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices.
Welcome back to Lockdown Blackhawks. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment three now on the show today. Before I let you all go for the rest of your days, I still got to get into our Talk Back Tuesday fan segment where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. The first question I want to answer today comes from at Kane Goat USA 88 on Twitter, which is just such a phenomenal name. Uh, or Anthony, I guess I could say, but I prefer the first one, not going to lie. Uh, but the question was, with Dylan Strome suddenly producing at a high level, would you trade him while his value is highest, or would you look to possibly keep him as a future piece? Yeah, this is kind of the million-dollar question here with Stromer. Uh, one thing I did find interesting, though, in my chat, with Charlie Romeliotis yesterday, and, and by the way, gotta mention one more time, definitely go and check that episode if you haven't yet, folks, because Charlie gave me a ton of insight on the Blackhawks right now, and all the situations around the team pertaining to the general manager search, and the trade deadline, and everything, it, it was very insightful, um, so definitely go and check that out if you haven't done so yet, but one thing that he also said in there was that One scout in particular that he had a conversation with told him that a lot of teams may not be as aggressive as we think near the deadline due to the cap situation around the league. There's not a whole lot of teams that are in playoff positions that have a whole lot of money available. So for a guy like Dylan Strome, yeah, he's undoubtedly been better as of late, but Unless the Hawks are are wanting to retain some serious coin for him, which could be in the cards still, um, but unless that's the case, if that's not the case, I should say, then there's not really been a whole lot of interest, or may not be a whole lot of interest, it seems, because of that contract. So, I don't know if this, you know, recent surge in production over the last 12 to 15 games or so I don't know if that's been enough to make teams want to take on that amount of money. And honestly, I feel like at this point, even if the Hawks were to make a move, they'd probably still be selling pretty low on Dylan Strome. And considering that he's going to be an RFA once again this summer, the the team still holds his rights. Um, I definitely feel like it could be worth sticking it out for Strom, but I'd have a conversation with him first. He's dealt with a lot here so far in his time in Chicago at such a young age, so um, if he's wanting to stick around, I think it would be worth rolling the dice on him with, uh, you know, one year coming up still being an RFA, and clearly not a whole lot of teams being interested right now based on the amount of time that Strom has already spent on the trade block, not only this season, but for the past couple of years now. The second question I want to answer today comes from Justin Gepley, who emailed in the show over the weekend asking, do you think either Kevin Lankinen or Arvid Soderblom are going to be the starters heading into next year with Flurry probably being gone? Yeah, that's a pretty good question there as well. Um, And one that I feel like is a little bit hard to answer at the moment because well, first, quite frankly, we just haven't seen a whole lot of Kevin Lankin in this year, you know, due to COVID and injuries and Flurry being the hot hand and Derek King understandably 
kind of riding him in net. Um, it's been a tough year for Lincoln, and not a whole lot of starts through the first half of the season. Um, and then for Soderblom, you know, he's only one start into his NHL career, so it's pretty hard to see him being the starter coming into next season. Um, but the second half of the, of the year, if and when Flurry gets traded, like most of us expect to happen, um, I believe we're going to see a rotation of those two guys in the final stretch of the games, and I think that's going to be probably a little more telling as to where the Hawks' goaltender position lies heading into next year. You know, it feels like, as of right now, they could probably use a depth ad there. You know, maybe an experienced veteran to help take some weight off the youngsters. I don't know if the Hawks would want to go with Lankinen and Soderblom as the one and two coming into next year. Um, but also, there, there's a lot of time before that happens. And if both guys play well in the second half, that could make for an intriguing storyline heading into the next training camp. You got to think Lankinen's the one who has the leg up over Soderblom um, based on all the experience and what we have seen Lankinen be able to do at the NHL level, in particular during that first half of his rookie campaign. Um, but I know for Soderblom, too, the Hawks have definitely been impressed with what they've seen out of him so far, and King talked about how they expect him to be back up at the NHL level. So um, that should be a fun development to keep an eye on, and definitely another thing to consider with uh, trade rumors surrounding Mark andre Fleury only going to pick up from this point on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Tuesday, February 1st episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Locked On Bets podcast, which is hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and even Lee Sterling's lock of the day by just simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Bets right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talkin Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the Blackhawks or the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.